0: let's play some
1: hockey energetic passionate and savvy gooch live brought to you by the good people at the hockey news and sports illustrated and now ladies and gentlemen the gooch hey i'm the gooch Kerry gulay glad you to join us today I have got that extra special guest today, I'll tell you that. Obviously, you see the Flint Plum Bombers, and he and I have history. He didn't know much about it until I told him. But We'll crack a little joke about that in a few minutes. Listen, uh, drafted by the Hartford Whalers, of course, a defunct team. Well, not defunct, but, you know, they moved on. Keith Primo said he had to get out of there because the, the, the arena was actually in a mall, and his wife would keep on buying shoes before the games. And he said, man, I'm going to go broke if I cannot continue on playing. We'll ask uh, Ray if that ball was there when he was there. And, of course, he was drafted in the fourth round uh, in 81. Uh, sorry, uh, 81 overall in 1979. He's a youngster. Yep. He's a youngster to me. Uh, well, I'm the youngster. I was born April 30th, 1959, so he's 15 days older than me, and he taught me a lesson, let me tell you. Listen, before we get into that, obviously, I want to just say right after us, don't forget, Paul Rosen, his new show called The Rosen Report has got Brent Sopel. That's going to be a fantastic, riveting interview. Make sure you check that out. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Paul will join us for a few minutes with Ray just as we... Uh, as we leave our show listen uh obviously it's black history month in the nhl uh but ray himself was a phenomenal hockey player he was tough and you'll hear that in a few minutes uh but what how my first encounter with ray neufeld was uh, i hope it doesn't go the same way uh and what was really important is the kid could score like honestly 102 points for the flint flan bombers sorry that's the edmonton oil kings but the flint flan bombers He was a masterful point of game. So I'll tell you what, we're really excited to have him. What is going on with my Winnipeg Jets? We're gonna ask him, because not only did he play for the Winnipeg Jets, he's a Winnipeg Jets fan. So I finally got somebody on the show that I can talk to, because Paul wasn't, and my producer isn't, but now I got a true Winnipeg Jets fan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here he is, the legend, Ray Neufeld.
0: All right, thank you. (laughs) Uh, yes,
1: yeah, on. Right. Hey, finally a Winnipeg Jets fan.
0: Oh, yes, exactly. A huge Winnipeg Jets fan. Not just a fan, but I'm a huge one. So <laughs> Love, love it, our that. Jets in Manitoba. Love them. All right.
1: <laughs> we're we're going to get into that in a second. But I got one thing I want to say really quickly. Clean the slate. Everybody knows it. Uh, the the interviewer should not make it about him, but I have to on this one. Um, Ray and I <laughs> met in, uh, I think it was 1973. I would say seventy-seven, seventy-eight, when the Winnipeg yeah. uh, clubs were sold to Calgary, and I was on the bus. They were moving the whole team. Went to Flint Flon, big brawl. Never got to see the ice until the brawl. Then I got out there, played a little bit against Pop Prop, Derlego, and Allison. We drove up to uh, Flint Flon. You know that drive from Winnipeg to Brandon, all the way up to Flint Flon, Manitoba, oh, yeah. right? Right? It's not. It's not yeah. pretty. We get there. The barn is full. It's an exhibition game. Big brawl breaks yeah. out in exhibition because in those days, everybody was trying to make the team and I I sat the bench. So I grabbed the uh, I grabbed the trainer uh, so she wouldn't be able, you know, I knew I could take her if I needed it. And I was so scared. And then I got to play and I was in the corner and I needed to show that was kind of tough. Some guy slashes me from behind. So I thought, OK, I'm going to yeah. be cool. I slashed him back. And ouch! Next thing I know, it I was uh, the coyote going down the boards. Uh, woke up oh, in uh, Saskatoon, and that's how I got introduced yeah. to Ray Newfeld.
0: <laughs> and I love it. Well, that's I great. love you still. Yeah, that's great, Carrie. I mean, you have great memory. I, I I'm sorry, I, I don't remember exactly that situation, oh, but you I mean you're, okay. are you trying to say are you trying to say I went after you and sort of uh, you got us, you back with that splash?
1: <laughs> no, it was. I instigated it. You slashed me. Oh. So I thought, hey, I'm going to okay. show the coach up top, not knowing who I'm hitting. And knowing, I'm yeah. sure you'll remember in Flint flon yeah. they had the chicken wire. So my head bounced yes. off of that. And the rest was history. There you go. Talk
0: to, scary. Talk to some, scary yeah, arena. Eh? Scary. It was oh. a scary arena to play in, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> and, and cold. It could have actually yeah. got some heat. Totally. Hey, talk to us a little bit about, obviously, you growing up, uh, you know, you're, you and I are of the same age. You were born in Winkler, Manitoba, a great hockey town uh, to its own right. And of course, uh, you know, talk to us about growing up in Winkler. Is that where you fell in love with the game? And is that where you honed your skill, obviously, to make it to the, uh, in those days, it was called the Western Canadian Hockey League. Now it's the Western Hockey League. Please tell us about yeah. that.
0: Yeah, Um yeah, I have lots of people to thank in the Winkler area, for sure, for all the help they gave me over my career. I mean, uh, and my as a young guy growing up and the different coaches, I remember uh, I, I just fell in love with hockey, I guess, at around uh, 14, 15 years old. But I started when I was uh, 10, and uh, I, I played a few games at, at 10 years old, and – and um, you know the arena in our town burnt down that year, so it was like, a, you know, nobody was really playing. We had to cut the hockey season short, and then from there we went off to, uh, uh, you know, we the next year they had the arena. A few years later they had an arena built, so that's when I actually started playing. Around 12 years old is what I remember, and and uh, my 12 and under coach was a great guy by the name of Phil Lance, and he was just super, took me under his wing, and so positive all the time, and my Bantam coach, my midget coach, all the way up to high school. I had great coaches, uh, and they just really prepared me. And uh, my parents were great. My sister was great. I had support of the community. And and uh, so I loved Winkler. I loved playing there. Uh, great memories of it. I was just talking to somebody the other day about all the great times we had in Winkler playing minor hockey and, and all the support we had before I left home, of course, to go play for the Bombers. Hey,
1: did you ever get a chance to play in the cash league?
0: Uh, no, I missed the cash league. I played senior hockey in Winkler. So, uh, you know, when I was, uh, in high school or pardon me, elementary school, the high school team picked me up to play high school hockey. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I was playing Bantam. I was playing high school uh, and midget all, all at the same time. And then I managed to, to play a few games as well for the senior team before I left to go play in the WHL. But, uh, I, I missed the cash. I missed the cash league altogether. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, obviously yeah. the Morden, I think they were called the Morden Bombers also, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, They played there right. for a season, and we had big, huge fun. I think it was the Winkler Flyers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, going way back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, talk course, to us yeah. a little bit about obviously uh, going from there and then going up to Flin Flon, Manitoba. And people that don't know Flin Flon, it's almost at the Arctic Circle, and it, it's a, <laughs> it was a dynamic city or town. Uh, always was, yeah. still is, of course. Uh, polar Bears, you know, the rumors and all that sort of stuff. You can clarify that with us. But the Flin Flon Bombers. Talk to us about mm-hmm. going up there as a young man.
0: Well, that was quite the experience, actually. Uh, you know, uh, my parents, uh, my mom actually drove me to, brought me to the bus and 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 threw me on the bus with my hockey bag, and away I went. I mean, I was a 17-year-old kid. I never, uh, never left home really before, and the first experience uh, – uh, really, and so that that was interesting. I mean, you make the trek. It was about eleven hour trip up to Flin Flon on the bus, and I'd never been to any of those communities north of. I mean, really, Winnipeg was as far north as I'd ever been from Winkler, so uh it was an experience without a doubt. I remember getting off the bus at seventeen, and and uh it was probably about eight thirty in the morning when we arrived in Flintland, and. Uh, and the trainer, uh, Mick Mac, who's a famous trainer in Flint's and He was a wonderful guy. Uh, he said, Hey, are you Ray Newfeld?" I said, yeah, I am. He says, get in my car. You're with me. And he brought us down to the community hall where everybody was playing or everybody was, uh, um, that's the dorms where we stayed. They didn't have like, you know, actual rooms or anything. We were all in a big community hall with beds in there and everybody trying out for the bombers was in there. So, uh, what, what an experience that was. And uh, down to the Whitney Forum, of course, which is a legendary, legendary Whitney Forum. I mean, it's oh, a fantastic job. arena. If you if you ever looked at all the guys that ever played in the Flint Flon bomber uniform, wow, what, I mean, so many tremendous hockey players came out of that community and uh, I'm just fortunate to be one of them. And what a great town. The people are fantastic still to this day. They, they love their bombers and, and uh, it's a, it w- really was a, a tremendous honor to play for that team.
1: Well, of course, we all know Bobby Clark was there. We also know a name, Cam Connors, was up there, too, at one oh, yeah. time. So yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what, uh, some, some legendary players came out of Flint, Flint. Obviously, then you went to Edmonton Oil Kings, a great city, too. Obviously, almost as good. There's a great picture. Look at that.
0: Oh, yeah, the old <laughs> garden. Is over the Whitney form there, yeah?
1: Yeah, it didn't look like that when I was playing, and I don't think it was when you were either. <laughs> listen, then you went to oh. Edmonton, of course, going from one cold city to the other. Uh, talk to us yeah, about yeah. Uh, Listen, and you were a player. Listen, a lot of people don't know. 57 games, 54 goals, 48 assists for 102 points. And what's amazing about right. that is, is that people, when they say Ray Newfeld, they remember in the Boston Bruins, you know, the gardens and all that. They remember he is a tough, rugged guy. But you were a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were very offensive. Do you, do, you, do you sometimes get tired of that? Hey, guys, stop it. I'm a goal scorer. I'm not just a tough guy yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Well, gosh, I mean, I, I never uh, thought, thought of myself as being a really that tough a player. I mean, I could take care of myself if I had to, that's for sure. But uh, a lot more tougher guys than me uh, that were playing. But but I remember that year when we moved to uh, uh, from Flin Flon to Edmonton, it was interesting. I don't know all the semantics behind why the Bombers had to go to Edmonton, why they were sold. There was just, a, I guess, a league sort of forced that to happen and the Oil Kings bought our team. So yeah. I went from one legendary uh, junior franchise and being the Bombers to another one with the Edmonton Oil Kings. So, and Wild Bill Hunter was, of course, was the was the manager, president of the hockey club. So I got to meet a really fascinating individual in Wild Bill and a legend in Alberta and yes, hockey for is. sure. Yeah. And uh, and and taught me some things in life that I even today uh, I look back on and what uh, what he what he taught me over the over my time in Edmonton. But I was fortunate. I played always with good players uh, in Edmonton. We didn't have a great team that year, but we were good enough to get in the playoffs. Of course, we couldn't compete with the mighty Brandon Weekings Kings with Brian Prop and Ray Allison and Brad McCrimmon and Laurie Boschman. I mean, their team was stacked with talent, but we competed. We did pretty well, and uh, and I. Fortunately, had a very, very good last season, even though I got hurt and only played 57 uh, games, I believe it was. But I uh, yes. uh, still had a pretty good year and was able to get drafted. So I'm uh, very thankful for that.
1: Hey, yeah. some great players that I had an opportunity to play with, as you did with Cliff, Cliff Clump. Remember, uh, Cliff was just an incredible defenseman. Butch Barkwell. I don't know if you remember Butch. He was. Oh, yeah, I remember first, Butch. Yeah. Uh, just loved them, and yeah. uh, cer- certainly some great times back then. Listen, let's move to Hartford. I think uh, on my opening, Keith Primo had told me that he had to get out of out of there because it was where it was. It was in a mall, and as you probably yeah. heard, his wife was always buying shoes. Was that the same facility you played in?
0: One hundred percent. The old Hartford Civic Center It's a kind of a cool building. Really, it was so neat, neat place. Yeah.
1: So talk to yeah. us about, so, obviously, playing, you're playing in, you're coming out of junior, you're playing in Hartford, there's a transition, of course, uh, we'll get into the Winnipeg Jets, where I know we both have a lot to yeah. talk about, uh, I know it's, uh, we don't have enough time, because we could probably write a book about it, but talk to us about Hartford, you know, some people, great shirt. I love the jerseys, Keith loved the jerseys, yeah. how about you?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously, they drafted me in the National Hockey League. So any any team that does that, I mean, it's always hold a special place in your heart, the community of Hartford. I mean, uh, my wife and I were were settled in the community. So once we made the whale, we, we actually stayed there, lived there year-round. We never came home that much to Manitoba and, and uh, just to visit in the summertime. But we pretty much made our home. and and raised our family in in Connecticut in Hartford. So we, we loved it there. I mean, great friends and, uh, and, and just terrific people. Interesting. The town isn't really that big, but if you start going to all the, all the small communities around it, there's a lot of people to draw from, uh, from that standpoint. So, uh, my time in Hartford was good. It was sad to go, uh, uh, tough, tough to leave there, but, uh, Uh, And my coming into Hartford as a pro was also a bit challenging. I came out of junior with high expectations and realized really quickly that uh, being a professional hockey player is going to take a little bit more. I needed I need to learn a little bit. Unfortunately, I had a great coach in the American Hockey League that just, you know, just gave me the opportunity. kept believing in me until I figured out what it took to stay at the pro game.
1: Well, in the pro game, don't forget uh, you had several seasons very close, somewhere the thirty goal marks, just under thirty goals. and you played with Bob Sullivan and Mark Johnson. Tell us about that line because it had a tremendous amount of sex uh, success in uh, Hartford.
0: Yes, yes, and and uh, the year previous, Bob Bobby Sullivan and myself, we were in Binghamton, New York, playing with the Wales farm team that year in American League. We went to the Calder Cup final that year, lost, unfortunately, to New Brunswick, but uh, Bobby and I played on the same line. We had a lot of good things going on. Uh, Paul Messi was our centerman down in Binghamton, but went up to Hartford. They moved Mark Johnson uh, the following year in between us. Of course, his his history is is awesome. I mean, U.S. Uh, U.S. Olympic team member, won the uh, gold medal on the Miracle on Ice, was instrumental in that. And you know, he was just a terrific teammate, great guy, uh, wow. and really an underrated hockey player. He could skate, man. That guy was uh, just a really, really great player. So, uh, and we had some success together. We really did. And and then for whatever reason, the Whale moved Mark on, and. I got stuck with Ronnie Francis, which isn't such a bad guy to get stuck with on a line. Not at all.
1: And then, of course, there's a great question on the right-hand side. We have people commenting, and here's a great one from Barry Shelley. Any memories of Paul Stewart? We love Paul Stewart on this show. He's a classic. And Kenny Holland, who you played uh, in Viningham.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ken. uh, Not so much with Paul Stewart. I'm trying to remember. He was probably... I don't have a lot of uh, remem- um, memories of Paul just later on when he started uh, officiating Referee. and stuff like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: But but Kenny Holland, on the other hand, me and me and Kenny, we lived together my first year pro in Springfield. I was playing with the uh, Springfield Indians, and and uh, and then we played in Binghamton together as well for uh, for that time. So really, I, I was up and down with the whale for the first three years, and I spent a lot of that time with Kenny Holland, you know. <laughs> uh great guy really good really really good goaltender a lot of people don't realize how good a goalie he was he was a small goalie but good very good goalie and uh loved, loved the stats i'm not surprised he's been success- as successful as he is as a manager and and in all the things he's done in hockey because he Used to study stats, man. We used to sit in the back of the bus and just have fun, and we play, you know, GM in the back of the bus. Who would we trade? Why aren't we the and this guy in the NHL? And we used to have a lot of fun with that. But, uh, you know, Kenny, great guy, great teammate, and uh, great to see a success as well.
1: All right. Well, we have to go there. We have to go to the Winnipeg Jets. You were traded for Dave Babbage, of course, here yes. last seven years. In in uh, with the whalers and then going to Winnipeg. Obviously, back from uh, Flint Flon to Edmonton and now back into the cold in Winnipeg. Uh, you uh, your whole career, 595 games, 157 goals, 299 assists for 357 uh, points. But I know that you love Winnipeg the most because how can you not?
0: Yeah, well it's my home it's i'm from manitoba so uh yeah it was uh it was great to come back to Manitoba i didn't realize that at the time it was a difficult trade for me i mean I got traded for a very popular player in the in the, in the dressing room so that made for a little bit of difficulty uh you know just transitioning in that trade also uh you know the team wasn't having great success on the ice so that first year wasn't uh, the most fun that's for sure but uh, we got through it and and the, the years to follow were great in Winnipeg and uh, played with great teammates. Of course, uh, you know, uh, Laurie Boshman, Doug Smale was there. Uh, oh, we had so many good players. Davey Ellett, uh, go, you go on and on. that I played with, of course, Dale Howard, Chuck, Brian yes. Mullen, Paul McLean. We had a great team. And Fergie Fergie was the GM. And and uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun as a group. And Randy Carlo, of course, on the back end. Freddie Olison. I mean, gosh, we just had... Some, we had some good teams. We just couldn't beat the Oilers. We were a very good team that ran into just the best team in hockey at that time. And unfortunately for us, uh, that was our downfall. We could never get by Edmonton.
1: Outside of the Chicago Blackhawks jerseys, that is the classic. I love that Winnipeg jersey uh, that you wore yeah. there. Obviously, uh, Ray, you know, we could talk for days. I I know I'm going to get you back on and we're going to talk about uh, more things. But I I do want to touch upon, obviously, Black History Month. I had an opportunity to watch you on the uh, show with Kevin Shea. Uh, with Bernice uh, Carnegie uh, what a great show uh, she's a she's absolutely uh, the perfect person to talk about her talk to me about any of the challenges you had growing up to obviously get through minor hockey and then playing pro uh, was it difficult or were you able to adjust to all the things that were thrown at you
0: Well, I think in my own home community, it was there was really was no uh, major issues. I mean, my sister was I was adopted into a white family when I was four, I guess four and a half years old. My dad moved our family from Morden to Winkler and opened Winkler Pharmacy. And you know, I had five sisters. I guess one, which was adopted as well, she was uh, black or colored like myself, and 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 so uh, there wasn't really a lot of other. Uh, you know, people of color in the whole town were one family, uh, the doctor, Dr. Khan and his kids who, uh, were also, uh, Asian and, or pardon me, uh, East, uh, West Indian, I believe they were. So, so, uh, we were the only people of color for the most part. So I, I, I don't recall having any major issues. Most people treated me with a lot of respect. Uh, maybe it was uh, because I was good at, at hockey and, and good at sports in general that it never became an issue for me, uh. When I went away to go play junior, there was the odd time it surfaced, but overall, uh, there wasn't. I mean, really, there wasn't. I mean, I, I can honestly say the few incidences in my life, but for the most part, uh, uh, never really that I can recall got, got bothered too much about my color, uh, you know, being a black hockey player. For the most part, I was respected.
1: Well, you know, you had a great career, no question. As we go along right now in the National Hockey League, obviously, you know, with Black Lives Matter and now Black History Month, um, is it getting better? Do you, do you see a change uh, in the makes or are we going to be battling through this?
0: Well, I think overall, I mean, people in general, there's so much awareness right now, so... Uh... You know, uh, with HDA and what they they brought forth uh, with, with with all this, and just really just putting it out there, I I think the uh, you know I mean I don't always agree with everything that's going on in respect to this, but I do agree that awareness and education and and uh, people are genuinely trying to make a difference, and I think it's on the forefront of everybody's mind right now, and I think that's really really positive. It's good for the game. I think the National Hockey League is working hard at, at uh, you know, uh, coming out with, with uh, a process or a way they want to go with this and how they want to, you know, involve uh, culture, how they want to respect that culture and how they want to diversify and include other people. And, and all people, I guess, would be the best way to say that. So I think they're really doing a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of because uh, it's a difficult topic and there's it's a broad topic and, and they're, they're doing their homework. So uh, you already start seeing it on the telecasts, the broadcasts, some of the things, the changes that are, are starting to come. So I think we're on the right track. We just gotta keep rolling up our sleeves and uh, keep working at it till we get it right.
1: Fantastic, very, very well said. Listen, I just wanna, before I bring Paul up, I wanna ask you a couple of just fun questions. Uh, who was sure. your sports hero then, like when you were growing up? And of course, who is it today? It may be the same person.
0: Yeah, gosh, today, I, I, um, holy mackerel! I'd have to think about that for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> well, back in the day, it was back in the day, it was Bobby Clark. I mean, uh, yes. I, I just, I, just I, I mean, I thought he was something else. I loved how he played. I mean, what he did with Team Canada and and the uh, against the Russians. I mean, just his instrumental part and in, in the assist on on. Paul Henderson's goal and just the tenacity he brought to the game, the rank, his leadership. I mean, I, I admired Bob, Bobby Clark. And this happened to be a flint flaunter, but I liked him before I ever went to flint flaunt. So I'm just fortunate enough to be able to play against him and and uh, and and really be on the same ice as him, a terrific guy. And today, gosh, I, I don't know who I would look. I, you know, I'll say this. The other night talking to Ber, uh, Bernice uh, uh, Carnegie, that was inspiring. Uh, hugely yeah. to me what she what she said and uh just her story or message was was really really outstanding so uh you know i tip my hat to her for sure uh talking about her dad and what he meant to so many people and and uh hopefully uh some things are are come out of that and and some of the recognition he deserves uh, uh he'll be given
1: Hey, Ray, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I know there's going to be a part two because I still have pages of questions that I have. Uh, but today we yeah. only have three. It was one of those quick ones. So I hope you'll come back on part two. I know uh, you've got another big fan coming up, uh, Paul Rosen. Rosie, what's going on, kid?
0: Hey, guys, how are you? Thanks, Gary. Hey, hey, Ray, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Rosie? I'm doing good. Just getting ready to do my show. I heard you talking about Bernice. Bernice is actually a really good friend. And, uh, I was
1: very fortunate to be a part of the future aces, uh, conferences for many years with, uh, with the great Herb Carnegie. Did you ever get a chance to meet Herb?
0: No, I I never have. I, two people there. I haven't met Herb. Uh, never did have a chance or an opportunity or bumping him anyway, anyway. Uh, and also, I have yet to meet Willie O'Reed as well. So, I mean, obviously, uh, would like to be able to do that sometime in my life. It'd be a thrill to do that. So, uh, you know, there's great people in you know, in all aspects. Uh, they certainly shine uh, in the in the black community, and and that's great. Appreciate what they've done for the game. Absolutely, hundred percent.
1: Final question to you, Ray. Uh, I want to ask you: uh, Are you? Uh, it's, Great hockey are you enjoying
0: am I enjoying hockey right now you're just cutting out a little is that what you're asking me
1: yeah sorry I guess somebody's got a little bit of feedback going on are you enjoying yeah. hockey right now obviously you know the speed the Mcdavid's of the world uh the McKinnon's yeah. all that is that is that yeah something that
0: well, you're enjoying- I think I think I think I think overall they keep trying to adjust the game of hockey and I'm going like man it's one of the most uh fantastic games going right now on their on ice product is really terrific there's no question about that it's 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 really really good i mean i just look at our jets here in winnipeg i mean the young stars they got on that team from uh, mark shifley to kyle connor to you know josh morrissey to ehlers i mean the goaltender you know they're just some really really great talent and of course they're veterans as well i mean uh, I, I think Lowry's not not really a – he's still a pretty young player, but a, a pretty, uh, you know, a really needed player to have success for sure in, in a playoff run. And and of Blake Wheeler, I just can't find a better guy. I mean, better captain. I mean, he's just such a solid guy. So, you know, they got all the ingredients of Jets. They're just missing a little bit on their back end, and uh, they can make Bring a deep run up. this year. They, they they got a good team. Bring back Buff, yeah. The whole town would like Britt Offlin to come back.
1: You know what, Ray, if you don't mind, next week or the week after, I want to bring you on, and we're only going to talk Winnipeg Jets. How about that?
0: All right. I'd be all about it. Thank you. Love right. to do that. Great right. Take
1: it, Thank Thank you. it up. Thank you. You,
0: Thank you. bet. Thanks. Yeah. Have a great show, guys. Yep. Bye-bye.
1: What a fun-loving guy! I could hang with him. I met him in a in a, an elevator one day uh, in Winnipeg. It was the his, I don't know what it was. It was a, they were bringing all the boys back, and uh, I just looked up at him and just wow, because he did. You know I had a little bit of running with him, and wow, I, I well, ran it He sounds like he had a run in with you. Uh, no, I just, no, it was done. You know, listen really quickly. I know a Rosen report. You've got the Mr. Brent Sopel Stanley Cup winner. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We're going to talk about his days in Chicago, obviously, uh, winning a Stanley Cup with the Hawks in 210, their first cup of three. Uh, we're going to talk about his personal life, his uh, addiction struggles, and uh, and his foundation on dyslexia. And uh, talk about something really cool he did with the Stanley Cup. For those of you, uh, stay tuned because you're going to be, if you don't know this story, what he did with the Stanley Cup, you're going to be blown away. All right. Okay, we'll see you over there in a few seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Rosen from the Rosen report. See you, bud. All right, really quickly, just wrapping up, some things to get to know. Jets just picked up Comrie, uh, goaltender back from, I think it was the Devils, if I'm not mistaken, which is really important. And uh, I think that's going to hone, you know, Hellerbuck's been, you know what, he's been okay. We need some more out of him last night's uh, big uh, gaff by Hollerbuck, so I think we need to uh, make sure that we don't overwork him and get him back on it. All right, listen, he uh, we can't look uh, any further than the Rosen Report today with Brent So Really excited about that. I'm going to be producing it. Val, great job popping up right now, just saying hello. You've done a great job. I thought Ray was spectacular. I thought he was one of those guys you just love to listen to. So listen, you'll be watching the Rosen Report in exactly one minute time. See you there. Thank you for joining gooch live featuring paul rosen right after us with the rosen report and most importantly brought to you by those good people of the hockey news and sports illustrated you've been listening to gooch live with your host carrie goulet better known as the gooch brought to you by
0: the hockey news and sports illustrated